From Sandwich Community TV, I'm Manx Taiki Magyar, and this is Blindside. The entire audio interviews that I've cut to make my short-form video documentaries. In the summer of 2017, I stumbled upon an article about the Kindness Rocks Project, created by a woman named Megan Murphy. I was so fascinated with her and the explosion of the project that I wanted to interview her for a video project. So myself and Payson Tickham went to her home and had a very long, insightful conversation about her and the origin of her project. So the project started a few years ago and basically I walk the beach every day. I live on the Cape and um, when I would walk the beach I would just feel connected with something so much bigger. You know, I'm on the beach and it's wide open and I know something about the beach and the sky and the, and the water. And um, I found that during the difficult times in my life, you know, when I was dealing with something with my daughters or I had recently sold my business and I didn't know what direction to go in, I'd be walking the beach looking for inspiration. And so on those walks, they were almost like meditative for me. You know, I'd just be kind of paying attention to everything that was around me. And um, this part sounds a little bit crazy, but you may cut it, so whatever. Um, my parents passed away when I was in my early 20s, so before I had my children. And um, so I would basically have conversations. You know, people would say conversations with God. I would say conversations with my mom and dad, and I'd be looking for signs and messages from them. So, um, see, I'm trying not to get emotional, because it was a very introspective process for me. You know, I'd say, like, Mom, Dad, you know, send me a message or a sign that this is the right thing that I should be doing, or this is the direction I should be going in. So, um, I had this whole system. A heart-shaped rock would be for my dad, and a piece of sea glass would be for my mom. And when I would find one, I would feel really like, like I was being supported and that that was the right decision or direction to go in. And I would leave the beach that day and I'd think, wow, okay, I've got this. I can handle this. So, um, now you have like a giant collection of them. Yeah, so now I have, so my heart rocks, as you can see on the table over there, that's just a small smattering because I give them away to people. Um, and I'm I have. Not, I never find them. I never find secrets. Yeah. I never find heart rocks. I, and, she, and she gets mad because I'll find sea glass. I'll be like, she'll say, I never found one. And I'll be like, uh, like this. And then I'll, or I'll like, I'll take my foot and kind of put it in front of her like, oh, do you see anything? And she'll be like, that doesn't count. You found it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, those, those were the moments that I really felt something, you know, bigger than myself. But through this process, I realized that actually the answers lied within me. It wasn't like coming from something outside. There were no messages from somebody else. It was, you know, something that I already knew. So, um, you know, long stories and heading to India. And when I was in India, realizing that this a simple act of kindness from a stranger, when you're in a country that you're uncomfortable or maybe afraid as a smile or a hug or someone that helps you when you're really like, I don't know what to do, just meant so much. And um, when I returned back here to the Cape and I would go back on my, my walks on the beach, I started noticing other people that were walking. And I started noticing that they had the same expressions as I did on my face, that they were maybe introspective or looking for something, um, contemplating life. And I thought, huh. 
And one day when I was leaving for my walk, there was a, a Sharpie pen on the counter. And I picked it up and I was like, and I stuck it in my pocket. And when I got to the beach, I looked around like to see if anybody was watching me. And I started writing messages on the rocks. And, um, you know, I'm like dropping them and walking, you know, a ways and doing another one. And on the very first day, I only dropped five rocks. And I was thinking, what am I doing? The whole time, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like, mom and dad, what am I doing? And um, interestingly enough, that night, a friend of mine texted me a picture of a rock she found on the beach. It was that it, quick. That it, it was that, that quick. And it was a mile. I mean, Sandy Neck is so long, yeah. and I go from Carlton Shores, I don't know if you know where that is, all the way down the beach to Sandy Neck, which is about a mile stretch. Yeah. And there's millions of rocks. I mean, millions of rocks. There's no possible way that I dropped five rocks and that a friend of mine found one of those rocks and she picked it up and texted me. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. I mean, that's really odd, really odd. And um, I think maybe she might have recognized my handwriting and she knew I walked the beach every day, that beach. So when she texted me the picture of it, I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. That, that was not me, but that's really cool that somebody did that. And she replied, and this is when the project started. This was the absolute moment that it started, was when she said to me, if you did drop this rock, it made my day. I was having a rough day, and, and the message just meant so much. And I thought, OK, I have something here. This is what I need to do. And I just kept doing it more and more. And my insecurity kind of melted away, yet I still didn't want people to know it was me because I'm a 40, at the time, 47-year-old woman. Yesterday, this is so funny, when I spoke at the school and I asked questions, and I did two sessions, both times kids asked me, how old are you? <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest question. Like, and then they're like, how old were you when you started doing this? You know, like I was six. <laughs> I've been doing it since I was six. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm a middle-aged woman that's dropping rocks on the beach, and this is a little bit crazy. I might have lost my mind. You know, first I was talking to this guy, now I'm dropping rocks, you know, uh, but it felt good and it felt right. And so being insecure, though, kind of created a shield for me, a shield of security that, you know, if someone found out it was me, they wouldn't judge me. And then I realized that, wait a minute, this is when I get emotional. I'm like, I don't mind if people judge me because this feels good and this feels right and I'm helping other people. And my daughter said to me, you know, you really should put a hashtag on the back and you should track people. And I thought, oh, I don't even know what that is, but let's do it. <laughs> hashtag away. So she, you know, explained to me what it was and how it worked. So, um, and then I got a little carried away with hashtags apparently. She kept telling me, mom, enough with that. <laughs> Right, I would even, I would even say, like, you know, it's like when something new, you like get excited, you're like, hashtag. And they're like, mom, like, back off on the hashtag. Hashtag back off. Hashtag step back, mom. So, yeah, so I just love hashtags because I understood what they were and I felt like I learned something new. Yeah. And, um, so I can't keep saying um. That's I did Toastmasters one night and they said stop saying um. They count your ums actually. 
What's, what's Toastmasters? Oh, it's just public speaking um, course. Um, oh, wow. So apparently I failed because <laughs> I've said I'm about 50 times. So uh, I went to Toastmasters <laughs> to learn how to speak and not say I'm an and. I think you're doing a fantastic okay. job. I think ums are like hashtags. I think they should just be dropped in every now and again. So after I put the hashtag on the rocks and started putting it on social media, it really took off. And one day I was walking down the beach and they had this, these beautiful pieces of driftwood that washed up on the shore. And again, I had this inter inspiration, like divine intervention, I call it, where I was like, if I take this piece of driftwood and I explain what the project is, and I drop a garden, an inspirational garden, and I write, take one, share one, keep one, people will understand what this is. And then I expanded upon that, and I wrote, you know, take one if you need the inspiration, share one with a friend who might need it, or add one to the pile. So I anonymously dropped this garden at Sandy Neck, and I thought, I'm going to get in so much trouble that I did this, and I didn't tell them it was me. And so every day that I would walk the beach, I would add more rocks to it. And one day, I saw the um, ranger, and they were cleaning out right where I was dropping the rocks. And I was devastated. Like, my heart sank. And I'm like, they, they got rid of my garden. This isn't happening anymore. I was heartbroken. And so I walked all the way around. I didn't go near them because I was still anonymous. And I came back the next day, and they had neatly put them on the side because they really needed to clean out the ramp. And I felt so happy. I'm like, yes, that's a, a little sign that they're okay with this. So I went and I set it all back up. And there just happened to be this big piece of beautiful driftwood um, that I could prop my sign against. And then I could actually add the rocks. And that summer, people started joining. And it grew and it grew. And I became obsessed, a little bit obsessed. And I collected as many rocks as I could, and I painted, and I spray painted, and I wrote messages. And every day when I was walking, I'm like, you know, I don't know who's going to get this message today, but there's somebody that might need it. So then I started dropping them at Scorton Creek when I w would walk my dog. So it gave me a purpose. I'm walking the dogs, but I'm dropping rocks, and oh, life is good. And still anonymous. Fox News called me one day and they said, we would really like to do like, a story about you and the rocks and this afternoon. And I said, well, I'm anonymous, so no. And when did they find you? So they had caught wind of this rock thing happening on the Cape through social media. Did they wow. just follow like, the hash? You, did you have your website by then? Yeah, the website, because yeah. the website okay. went out pretty soon. So I was, no, 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 the website wasn't up yet because I was still anonymous. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was. I think no, I don't think I put myself on the website yet. It was anonymous. So they contacted the person that yes. was on the website, and then it was yeah. to you. Thank wow. you. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So then I said, well, um, you know, I don't want to come out about this. So can you film this, but like with the back of my head? Because, you know, I'm not a film person. I thought, this is brilliant. They'll just do, well, this was the biggest, like, fail ever. So it's the first big press that we got in. And so I said to my family, as they're filming me and everything, the reporter actually wasn't there. She was pregnant, so she was out on leave. So they just sent the camera guy. So like, and I had the same thing, all these wires, and I'm talking, and I had my hat. I was trying to disguise myself. I had a hat. 
But he's shooting me from far away, and it's me. It's like the side of my head. He did not do a good job. And they were rushing the, sh the shoot and, and the whole thing because it had to get on the 6 o'clock news or whatever. So it was horrible. And so I sat my family down, and we're watching. We're like, oh, and I'm like. gathered around the TV, like, so excited. My mom's going to be on TV. Oh, my God. And then. And then they all laughed at me. And they're like, that is horrible. And I'm like, no, oh. Yeah, they. on, right? And yeah, yeah, so I was on, the but it was the most embarrassing, the back of me. the water, so they did a voiceover. It was her sitting on wood or whatever, facing the water and, and like talking. So it was like you could see like that she was sitting but not looking at the camera and just like talking. Yeah, it was so, so bizarre. It was, like, it was like bizarre. They should have just like done that, like the witness protection where they the blacked black me out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that would have been yeah. so yeah, much. the same thing. It was just so bad. Yeah. So then that night, like friends of mine were like, saw you on the news. <laughs> and I said, oh, that was such a fail. So I continued um, at that Before point. Before you get too far, what did, you know how like you were starting the movement and you felt like this is a little crazy. What did, what did like your family think? Before it was even picking up. Yeah. So that's, like, Let yeah. Mom do her thing or? Yeah, they, so how were you guys? This is just like a hobby to you guys? Or? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the honestly part, mate. <laughs> You thought I was weird? I think, I, I thought yeah. it was honestly yeah. just, um, you know, you've always been artistic. You've always been pretty intuitive. You've always wanted to help others. I think it was just a combination of all of those things. And, um, but was it weird? purpose to get out there again, you know? I, I, I could sense that for yeah. sure. I didn't know, I don't think any of us knew it was going to take off this yeah. much because, yeah. You know, how do you predict that? But I, I just, it did. Yeah, you know? more than anything, we were happy for you. Personally, I was happy for you because you were, like, reinventing yourself in a way. You had just sold your business, and you were doing good. You were, you know, influencing others, but we never thought it would become this big. And it was never about you. It was always about what you were doing. Mm. So I used to kind of run around telling people, how insane you were. Yeah, they, they did. And then their yeah. friends would come over and I would always have rocks on the table and they'd come home from college or whatever and they would sit and paint rocks and talk and I thought, okay, this is kind of interesting too, just to see them interacting, doing that. Um, and then what about the husband? Was he... Yeah, so he was, you know, well, this is the guy that I said, hey, I'm going to India, like, by the way. Which not... daughter was it? Was it? No, she's, she's not, not here. here. She oh, is. you have another one. Yeah, yeah, she's actually, she's in the finishing middle. school of American right now. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, um, yeah, so when I say things like I'm dropping rocks or I'm going to India, he's kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's very supportive, thankfully. He's Thankfully. You're kind of the whip. Yeah, well, thankfully, he's like, okay, yeah, you do that. Um, but I did actually um, lose some friends through this process, which is, was really strange for me. And it wasn't them. It wasn't my friend's fault. It was just that when I would walk with my friends and I'd be doing this and excited about it, they would act like nothing was happening, like I wasn't doing it. So I almost felt like were they jealous? Well, it was just more critical. Yeah, I felt like a sense of embarrassment that I was doing this and that, that they weren't recognizing that I was doing it. And I thought, this is so strange because this has become such a part of me. And when you, when you actually like ignore that it's happening, it's almost worse than being like, what are you doing? Right, right. So you know, it was, it was like, I think being ignored because everybody wants to know they matter 
or to be heard or what they're doing, you know. And so when I was with friends, I thought, this is such a strange, and so I felt very conflicted about that. And that was part of me, back to the insecurity, like, should I be doing this? Because even my friends are kind of like, what are you doing? You know? And then people, once word got out that it was me, people, their first question would be like, well, how are you going to make money? Like, how do you make money? And I thought, it's so interesting that people are so concerned about my making money. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) you know, like, that's very interesting. Because, and I love my, you know, my response is always, first of all, it's fear. Inside of me, I think, oh gosh, I should be making money. What am I doing? Like, I have kids in college, and am I not being responsible? Because this is now taking up so much of my time, yet I was torn because it was something that really made me happy. And so I, you know, would be like, should I be making money? Should I be doing something different? Should I stop? I'm losing friends. I'm a little bit crazy maybe, and I'm not really making money. So these were the things that would come up for me. But then there was always something really deep down inside that was like, no, this is what I'm doing. I am so in. Um, This is something so much bigger than me, and I was chosen to do this. I read this really awesome book by Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the woman that wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And her latest book was called Big Magic, and she talked about how inspiration kind of circles through the universe, and it lands upon certain people. And so people get ideas when inspiration lands on them, but only those who follow through are the ones that make a difference. And one of the stories in her book was about her and another author, and she told this really interesting story how she wrote this book, and it was very obscure, about like a woman who moved to the Amazon jungle in this love relationship with this man to build this highway, like a long time ago. And she made it up. It wasn't like a true story. And her life took a turn. She was writing this book. She was, you know, researching and doing all these amazing things with this book. And then her life took a turn and she had to actually go and move to Europe with her husband at the time. And during that process, the inspiration left her. When she returned, she tried to pick up with the book where she left off, and it was gone. And she met another famous author named Anne Lamont, who's one of my favorite authors, and they were at a meet and greet, and her and Anne, you know, embraced, and she thinks that at that moment was when the inspiration left her and entered Anne Lamont, because Anne Lamont actually wrote a book about the Amazon jungle, and this woman who moved there. I mean, it's, and, she, and you can't make that up. And so the two of them had this, like, we think that that's when that it got transferred from me to her because you didn't act upon it. And so when I read that chapter of her book, I thought, right, inspiration has landed upon me and I must act on it. Like, this is my duty to act on it because I did not invent painted rocks. I mean, cavemen did it, right? Like, cavemen painted on rocks. I just, this was just something that came in, but I was so into it. So. When you say you like do it, like, I might have missed it in the beginning, but how long has it been going on again? So, about two years. And like, and how often is often? (laughs) When do I? Yeah, like what? When do I drop them? How often, you mean? Drop them, paint them, yeah, like how much time was it? So, 
you know, it definitely was a lot of time over the past two years, yeah. especially during the warm summer months. I would drop rocks every day. You know, but I had gardens going um, at Gray's Beach, Sandy Neck Beach, and the Sandwich Boardwalk, which those always ended up in the water. So that one was like, I gave up on that. Um, but I was, I was like obsessed. Like I had a weekly schedule. If I had a boss that said, okay, on Wednesday, you have to have the garden drop down at Gray's Beach because the tourists come in for the weekend. Like that was me. Okay, I got to drop 50 rocks there. And then I'd, I'd have to make it where I'd be doing this in hours when there weren't people around, you know, so no one could see that it was me. Um, and, but then as that loosened up over those two years when people then knew it was me, I would then have conversations with people at the gardens and they would share with me their stories. And so that was a beautiful thing about coming out that it was me. Um, and I was able to not have to get up at four in the morning to go drop gardens. I was telling the story yesterday that, um, New Year's Day, a few years ago, I had this great idea that I was going to start the year off by dropping a, a kindness garden at, um, down in Sandwich at the boardwalk. So I painted a new board, fresh new board, and like 150 rocks, because that's what I do every New Year's Day. I go there. And so the first year, which was a few years ago that I decided to do this, it's like dark out, I've got my board, I'm all excited, you know, I didn't drink anything the night before because I wanted to be clear on my morning. And I drove in the dark down, and when I arrived at the parking lot, thinking there was going to be nobody there, there was cars everywhere, and there was people set up with cameras everywhere. And my ego said, this is really funny. My ego said, oh my gosh, how did they know I was going to be here? They're, going to take, they're trying to find out who the kindest rock lady is. And I'm like, who, who knew, knew? Which is so funny. And I sat in my car and I literally was in my pajamas. Like it was like 4.30 in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, that's really great ego. Like they don't, they're not waiting for you. They're probably here because it's New Year's Day and they're getting like first light or something. So I finally talked myself to get out of the car. And so I pretended they weren't there, but they're like lined up next to the boardwalk. So I'm, you know, with my big pajama pants and a big bag and I put my head down and I like walk out in the dark onto the boardwalk. And one of the guys yells out, hey, are you the rock lady? And I just ignored him and I thought, oh, shoot. So I just sat down and I, you know, arranged the rocks. And as I was coming back, I said, no, and if you do me a favor, if you wouldn't take a picture of me, that would be great because this is anonymous and it's a kindness movement. And they said, well, we think it's really cool. And so I'm like, oh, thanks so much. And, you know, I got in my car and that was just one of the funny moments that I had during this. <laughs> That's crazy. How does it feel? I mean, if, if it's cool that you kept it for so long to be anonymous. Um, but now it seems like you have so much coverage. You're more and more in the spotlight. How does that how did it differ from back then to now? Um, it's, it's hard because um, I have this really big thing. I have this value about like humility and people. I feel like there's so many people nowadays that are all about like standing up and being like, look at me, look what I've done. And so I didn't want that to happen. That was like a big part of me being anonymous because I'm not doing this to get in a newspaper or to get on TV. I mean, this is something that if everything went away today and I went back and dropped my rocks, I'm good. That's what I want to do. I mean, I want to drop my rocks. 
And so, but I feel as if I've been called on a greater level now in order to, big magic, keep the inspiration going with this, I need to hit bigger audiences. So doing the interviews, doing talks, which are, is like so difficult for me. I mean, my armpits sweat, I get stomach aches. I'm like, oh, you know, I feel like I'm back in high school when you have to do that public speaking course. And I'm like, oh, I, I want to be anywhere but here right now in front of these people. In front of us, yeah. Yeah, in like, <laughs> like, I say, like, one of those people. But you know, like now, I'm not sweating now because I feel like you cut all this stuff. <laughs> but so I get, um, I'm very humbled by it and I cry a lot. But I feel like, like yesterday I cried. So my biggest fear is like I'm not gonna recover from a cry and, and I'm not gonna do the ugly cry. The ugly cry is the worst. You can't be inspirational when you're doing ugly crying. Some people are inspired by it though because they can relate. Yeah, but the ugly cry, it's, you can't recover, you know? You're just yeah, like, like, the makeup running yeah, the like the guy. makeup running and then your face twitches and then you're like, so that. What she's saying is she wanted to be anonymous so that she didn't ugly cry. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yesterday when I cried, it was a good cry though because it was really short and I, and I said to the kids, okay, and I did this thing where I went, okay, tears gone. And I said to the kids and maybe one of them needed this message, yeah. right? I said, it's okay to cry. And it's okay for people to see you be emotional. I said, especially crying means that it, you just, it's, you're so connected to what's going on. And so um, that's a roundabout answer to your question, but it scares the hell out of me. And it's really exciting all at once. And I'm always like, am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right words? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So now my walks on the beach before where I'd be like, you know, is this parenting thing the right thing to do? It's more, I have the conversations like, okay, I'm in this, like I'm doing this for you. I'm, you gotta help me out here. You gotta tell me, give me a direction, you know, and, and what should I be trusting? What should I be doing? So I'm all in. How about the messages on the rocks? Do you have, um, do you ever have one you're like, that was dynamite, or are they all, just, you know, like how do you come up with them and yeah. do you think a lot about them before, or are you just writing everything down? No, I definitely think a lot. It's weird because a lot of times I do this thing where I like just stop and I think what, what's the, a lot of times the message is for me for that day. Like what's the message that I need in my life at that day? Although I'm doing many at once. So, but I start with that. Some of them are as simple as, you know, um, great things are headed your way. Or, you know, um, stay strong. Stay strong or you matter. Yeah. You know, some simple ones. But then there's more, you know, profound ones. And I go on Pinterest, love Pinterest. And I look up inspirational quotes you know, and I use quotes from spiritual people like Buddha or things like that. Because like, for example, the Buddha quote really um, exemplifies the project. And that's one moment can change a day, one day can change a life and one life can change the world. And so that I think like emulates everything that I'm trying to say um, through the project. Like every single person, you know, we're in a time where People are full of anxiety and you turn on the news in the morning and you, you leave your house on guard. 
and you feel like I'm going out into this really big scary world and so when you come across beautiful little moments in your day of kindness it can change your perspective and I think that's important that's really important yeah um, it's funny it's, uh, I think it's interesting the way that you did the project because it seems like I'm sure a lot of people find them and without even knowing they can really relate to it and that's yeah. kind of a it's an amazing thing it, to be it just shows you like everyone's going through something you know mm -hmm. like you making the rocks for yourself you're finding these quotes online that relate to your life in whatever way so they're helping you but everyone is connected in a way mm -hmm. that you know everyone's going through something whether it's huge whether it's a little blip in their day it might be a total different issue than what you're dealing with, but the quote still has the same effect. Yeah, and it's so interesting because what I talk about a lot is um, that it's really not about the rock, and it's not about the message on the rock. So the magic of the project happens at the end. So people are walking through their day, and they might not be paying attention. They're busy. Everybody's busy. Everybody is so busy. And they're rushing from one thing to another. And it might be on the same spot in their day that they hit every day and they, they don't notice. And all of a sudden they find a rock and they're like, what is this? And they pick it up and they see a message and they relate to that message, something that's going on for them or something's going on with somebody they know or they just relate to the message. And so they think, this is really cool, and this was dropped specifically for me. Like, this is a sign, back to the signs. This is a sign for me. And it's always positive. And then the magic happens when they sit back and they realize that there's another human being behind this rock. So they're not alone. Somebody else gets them. Somebody else understands what they're going through. And then that's when they're like, I'm not alone. And it, and it connects people. Someone they may never meet. A total stranger. Well, remember the story? I mean, I don't know if you have wanted to use this at all for what you guys are doing, but of the girl who was suicidal and she found your rocks. Yeah, there's so many of those stories, but yeah, there was a, um, that's a great story. Yeah. I mean, not a great story, but. Yeah. So um, my family would get on me a lot and say like, have you been searching the hashtag with, you know, without the S and then without the the? And I'm like, well, that's a lot of work. You know, I'm kind of busy, <laughs> like, to sit there and, you know, and then if we're at dinner or something and I have my phone, and they'll be like, oh, get off your phone. And I'm like, well, I'm searching other hashtags or, you know. <laughs> but um, one day I was looking up online, like they suggested over and over again, and a YouTube video popped up of this young girl who's a high school student from Down Cape. And she was in her bedroom and she was talking to the camera like she was talking to a girlfriend. And she talked about how she'd been battling depression and she was on a walk with her therapist that day and they were at a beach and out of the corner of the, uh, her eye she saw a pile of rocks and so she went over and sitting on top was a rock that she said was meant for her and it said don't ever give up or give in. And so she you know, got very emotional and she talked about how that rock made a big difference in her life in that day. And so the moment that I watched her video, I just broke down. I was like, and I didn't make that rock. You know, that was from somebody else. This was not me. This is, this is not a project about me. 
Like I am a seed, I just planted an idea, I cultivated the garden per se, you know, by, by you know, being persistent. But this is a project of so many people and that's what I keep saying whenever I'm interviewed or whenever um, something comes up, I'm like, this is so much bigger than me, so much bigger. I could never have done this. If I even tried, if I had like a plan, a business plan, or if I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna start this thing and this is how I'm gonna do it, there's no way that it would be what it is. It, it's people from around the world are seeking something right now. And it's happiness, kindness, connection, because there's just so much anxiety in our lives. So, yeah. I was talking to Payson on the, on the way up, and uh, I think sometimes it's hard for whether we're guys, you know, it's hard to connect with something like this. And I'm not a religious person, but the idea of that, that there's something else, you know, supporting you, it, it, it's, yeah. it's something that you can't doubt that's important in the world. And, yeah. Uh, it's something that we all need, I think. Well, that's where the signs come in, you know what I mean? Where you can be religious, you can be not religious, you can live your life the way you live it. But when you see something and you're that person going through something and you pick up a rock and you're like, oh my gosh, this resonates with me. This is, it's not a coincidence. You, nothing, it, it just makes you think nothing's coincidence. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know? so this is a crazy story that I didn't tell you guys. And you know, this may not be on this, but so last night I was at Barnesville Intermediate School and there was a woman who was an, an art teacher. They were doing an art night and I caught wind that they were doing the kindness walks and I had come back from Boston doing the talk, but I'm like, this is in my hometown, I need to go, right? So the teacher who was sitting next to me kept saying, like, tell me your story. And so I'm kind of talking to her and she kept asking me questions. Like she was really curious and she was getting a little bit emotional and like thinking, okay. And at the end, I was talking to other parents I hadn't seen in a while, and they were asking me for cards because I have these little cards that I took pictures of all the rocks and so the random act of kindness cards. So instead of dropping rocks, sometimes I drop cards. And I usually like to say to people, like, pick a card, any card, and that's the rock that's meant for you, With you know? Card. Yeah. You can't carry around a bag of rocks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do, but I shouldn't. So, <laughs> and um, so this woman last night, I handed her a card, and it's not a special card. It was a beautiful painted rock, though. It said, karma never loses an address, right? And that's not even really, like, positive. It's just kind of like, it could be positive or negative. So I, I always feel weird about giving that one. And the other teacher came out later and told me that this story that her husband had, I don't know if you had heard this last year or something, her husband had committed suicide in the house and burnt it down in Plymouth and she had left him right before that because there's something going on. I, I didn't catch the whole story but she said that, that right after that happened there was something about karma that people would say to her and the whole point that she got this card that said karma never loses an address, it really affected her and I said to the teacher, I hope in a good way because that could be like, I said tell her, she said no it was a good way. And I said, well, tell her that I truly believe that every rock finds the right person and that that was a sign or a message for her that she has, she did everything she could. And it's a sign that she can have peace with that part of her life. She's like, I'm going to tell her. I think she really feels that way. I mean. Gosh, you, you do have some intense.
stuff. It's really yeah. intense. And then and then the in the responsibility behind. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is, is did it, you ever get frightened of that? Because that story brings up the question of oh that because I could really see how that rock could have been taken the other way and do, you know totally increases guilt or you know you never yeah know. and it would never be intended that but. Yeah, because every, so here's, yeah, every message, so that's why I really tell people the messages have to be really positive. They can't be, but how, so millions of people are doing this now all over the world. I can't control what they're putting on rocks. So yeah, I, that, sometimes I think about that all the time, like, gosh, what if somebody's dropping, and they have, actually, there's a man, this is probably going to be cut, there's a man who sends me a fuck you rock, like monthly. I show my family, I'm like, look, here he is. He said, he actually, yeah, he painted a rock that says fuck you, and he sends it, oops, did I just drop this? He sends it to me um, monthly, and, and, um, and I think, okay, he just needs to do that. Like, for some reason, he's going through something, you know, he's, I mean, he's angry at me. I don't know why, but, but there is some... some um, but that's amazing. It's, it's almost like you support the idea that he ha has this, like, catharsism that he can just release. Yeah. And that's, that's what it, people need. And you know what? Like, I'd rather have him give it to me than somebody else, but maybe he's going to... I don't know. But, you know, one of these things... So um, LNT, Leave No Trace, is really big for hikers. And I had this really big life lesson. I was hiking with um, some people, and I had maybe six rocks. And I had some rock, I had six rocks, and I dropped them on the trail. And I had, there was these teenage girls I had never met that were with us that were so into it, and they were like Instagramming and doing all this stuff. And um, that night, I'm in, you know, somebody's condo in New Hampshire, and my, my social media pages were blowing up with haters like really bad and saying really nasty things. And I went, oh my gosh, what happened? What, and you know, and they, they LNT, leave no trace. You're not supposed to leave anything on a mountain, even if it's positive. And I had no idea. My intention was the best. And so I got really sad and then I got really, I got the message. I needed to help them, even though some of them were being really mean, really mean. That fuck you rock was not even close to what some of these people were doing, saying, um, because they were hitting me too with, oh, self-promotion, look at you, you're trying, like, and so that really hit me because that's a thing for me. I said, I need to help them because that's what kindness is all about. It's about understanding. And so I needed to understand where they were coming from. I needed to learn about exactly what LNT was, and I needed to educate people. And so that's what I did. You know, and I apologized and I put it out there. And, and like in life, many of them just didn't stop with that. They were just like, yeah, well, we're not listening to you. We're just going to like bombard you. And so it was this really great negative but great thing for me to go through because when you pay attention in those moments where you have like that kind of stuff coming at you, there's something you need to use that for. You need to turn it into like good energy. And so this is so crazy. So I have numerous times I have on the website and everywhere, and I can't control where people are dropping their rocks. And so the other day I'm walking and it's raining and I've got my umbrella and it keeps flipping inside out. My shoe kept coming untied and the sand was whooping at me, but I take my walks because I have to do this every day. And my phone rings and it said like Texas and I picked it up because I thought I just had this, I never pick up my phone when I'm walking. Like, I gotta pick this up. And it was a um, federal park ranger. 
from Texas, and they had found some rocks in the federal park down there, and they love the idea. They think it's awesome to the point that they want to give everybody that comes into the federal park a kindness rock as they leave, um, yet it's not okay that people are doing this in the federal parks, L&T and all of that. So they wanted to work with me about how they could promote this. And so they decided, again, same thing as I'm talking about, educate people. They're putting on a big rock painting night in their community. I thought, okay, see, that's brilliance. That's, let's hit understanding in a positive way. So they're doing a rock painting event and they're gonna invite the community so they can educate people about you know, what's appropriate and what's not and where to, these could go and where they can't. And I said to the woman, we need to create a video because this is something that, you know, nowadays everything's by video. Let's create a video. So this stranger, she's a volunteer with the park. She was just reaching out for them like, can you and I create a video together? I know I'm in Massachusetts and you're in Texas, but this would be really cool. We could do this whole like LNT, promote LNT, but also about kindness. And I said, I have these visions of, you know, that news story a while back where the man took the bear. Did you see that one? He was in the, he was, uh, um, camping and there was a baby bear that was like starving so he picked it up and he swaddled it and he fed it and he brought it to the park rangers and he thought he was doing a good thing and it was all over social media and everybody haters came out for the guy because you're not supposed to do that, that yeah. and so um but he thought he was doing something kind but then people attacked him so negatively the poor guy was getting like death threats because he helped, thought he helped the baby bear. And I said, well, this is like the baby bear. And then she said, yes, and it's like the deer. We tell our park people not to feed the deer because then the deer come closer to people and then they go closer to cars and then they get hit and they die. So you think you're helping, but you're really not. And I said, so this is like this big educational thing. So um, yeah, I mean, that's like a whole nother aspect that comes out of it, but it's good. It, it creates a dialogue for people, so. Do you think it hits into that weird, like, too, like, hyper-politically correct, you know? It's like, because these are just rocks. I'm sure the paints are, like, non-toxic. Yeah, and yeah. You put so many barriers on it, and it's going to be... I, do you think it's, it's hurting the whole purpose in some form? Like, well, I think it's the way you handle it. So I think it's all good, you know, but if you're a naturalist and you think that rocks are living things, some people think that, and who am I to say, I know that they're not, you know? We just have a difference of opinion. So if I can respect their um, thoughts, yet try and reach a common ground with them that like, here's why I'm kind of where I'm coming at, and you know, I'm trying to do it in the best way possible with non-toxic products, and I'm trying to educate people, you know, nothing great would ever be done if we listened to all the criticism. And we have enough criticism going on in our own heads. Right, yeah. You know? It's, it's sometimes it's such a bummer to hear because, I mean, people are throwing trash, you know? It's like there's like carbon emissions, there's so many other problems. And yeah. People focusing on rocks which are part of nature that aren't really, you know, affecting the ecosystem. Yeah, or they pick up, um, at Scorton Creek, they'll pick up their dog poop in a poop bag but then they tie it up nicely and they leave the poop bag there. And I'm like, what purpose is that other than pointing out that this is dog poop in this bag? Like, so, the, but it's like this. It must make you go crazy when you see yeah. that and people are ripping on you for the, you know. Yeah. Jeez. Like, yeah, but it's remarkable that you're willing to, to, to accept it, work with it, and, and keep your mission alive while at least trying to understand what those people are saying. I think that's where a lot of people stop is yeah. they might 
get the same fuck you response and and I don't know, I'm sure that's why your people millions of people are doing this is because you're not like uh, you're looking to do it for the bigger purpose, not just your own personal mission. And that's and so that's that's the other part of why I think this grew so um Interest, interestingly enough, there's lots of groups around the world that paint rocks, right? And I tried to make this very inclusive because, again, this is not about me. I'm not doing this for a purpose of, look at me, I have a million followers on, blah, blah, blah. It was just made me happy. And then I thought when other people did it and they started their own pages or whatever, I asked them to kind of join my movement because, you know, in numbers comes strength and people pay attention. but you know, again, I didn't invent this, and if people want to do their own pages and things, it's a lot of work, and they'll find out, you know, it's like people that, I do business mentoring, it's like people that go into business, and they, um, they think it's easy, or they, oh, I can just do this, and so they might copy another business, and then they realize how much work it is, so then they fall out, and so, you know, I knew that that would happen with people because I know how much work this is, how much it takes, and how you have to be dedicated, and you have to be doing it for a bigger purpose than, you know, to get, yeah, for followers, because it's a lot of work it, it, that won't sustain unless you have your heart in it. So um, I encourage them to join. And, and what I do is I feature people because that's, you know, back to everybody wants to know that they matter and everybody wants to be heard. They also want their work seen. And so that's what I try and highlight, you know, because these kids get so excited if their pictures are going up on, the social media now and now that's becoming a lot of work because people are sending me all their pictures and things and I'm like oh you know I I don't have time to organize that and I want to show all of their stuff but you know I don't even know what I'm doing like a social media person who does this for a living would even be overwhelmed I think they'd be like ah it's a lot of work so I'm just kind of like running with it and you know trying to hit everybody that I can you know <laughs> um, and yeah, this was a lot of, just to start to wrap it up about the, I guess the future, about the whole project and where, I mean, where you stand. Obviously, I know you, you like the message and the importance, but it's definitely grown bigger than that. And so, any plans or? So, no. Um, I actually even had that on the website. I was like, what's the future? Because people ask me. And I'm literally, literally in the moment with this because I, Again, I could never have gotten it to where I was if I planned. And I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's why I ask. Well, you're writing a book. Well, so the book, which Molly's been telling me, I have to write. Yeah. So I have been um, approached by a publisher to write a book and actually have a call with them this afternoon at some point. And so I've never written a book, right? Like a lot of people want to write a book. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to write a book. So I put that out there that I was going to write a book, and I'm like, oh, you can't really put that out there and not follow through. That's, like, <laughs> not good. So, I, so now this is happening, and publishers kind of contact me saying they want to do it, so now I have to write the book, right? So that's what I'm working on, writing the book. And Yeah, you are. Yeah, and I'm um, <laughs> getting a lot of grief. Like, how have you written today? But, you know, stuff happens. i got to do laundry. i got to, like, take the dogs for grooming. I've got to, you know, do a couple of interviews or, you know, um, get my stop-motion video, our stop-motion video out there because, like, things that come to me, I'm like, okay, this is what I should be doing, right? I need to do the stop-motion thing. And then I'm like, okay, this is what I need to be doing. And so... Um, 
I kind of been looking at shiny pennies everywhere because I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, but I know the book is, is solid. And so that's what I'm working on. The book is going to be, this is pretty cool. It's going to be, um, about virtues. So each chapter, it's going to be 52 chapters and each chapter is going to focus on a particular virtue because virtues are actually good behavior. And, um, and so good behavior leads to kindness, right? It's kind of all jumbled into one. And a lot of people have gotten away from their religion or their religious backgrounds. I know, you know, my youngest daughter never even got confirmed. We were like so in, like for the other two. And then she's like, aren't I supposed to be in confirmation class? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're good. So, um, and it's not about organized religion. It's about believing in something bigger, you know, that connects us all, connects you to your true self, um, your purpose in life. And so virtues, when I started, you know, really studying them, I thought, oh my gosh, this is what people need. They need to focus on these. I mean, we're not aware of them, but things like humility, honesty, trust, respect, all of those things. I'm going to, um, each chapter will be different. It might be a story from someone from the rock project about that particular virtue, or it might just be an ancient wisdom about that particular virtue. Um, and each chapter will be a rock that's around that. And then, um, so that's, it's all mapped out. I just got to write. That's exciting though. That's really yeah. exciting. <laughs> the last question I wrote for me, um, this is like, not really a cynical question, but a boring question. Do you like a bit, because this is so serious and so time consuming or it's become that, do you ever, um, I imagine you're talking about it all the time because people are asking you, do you ever get like, are you ever just like, okay, like, Especially my life was a little bit more than just yeah. the rocks. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it sounds like it's become a, like a huge part of your life and does that ever get old? Yeah, well, it's really hard because it's like what you share with who. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so there's certain people I can talk about the spiritual aspects, but when I, and there's certain people I can't. And so it's like, okay, who can I kind of release that to? And who can I? But it's a big part of my project. So when I'm talking in front of kids, I, you know, I have to keep it very sterile and very um, basic for them. Yeah. And then... I do, I'm on the nursing home circuit tour, which is funny. I go and talk at nursing homes and they fall asleep and then they wake up and smile. And <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. It helps me though with my public speaking because I'm like, oh, this is like the easiest audience ever. Um, oh gosh, my first one was so funny. So, I, and they smile at me like I think, and I'm thinking as I'm speaking, like if I had a bubble over my head, do they even know what I'm talking about right now? So, but this, um, so that's a different message right? Because that's like end of life type stuff. And, and what is your message that you want to share with the world? And you have a purpose and you matter. And this beautiful thing, I was working with a Royal Couture at nursing home and they asked me to come and do a talk. And they then did the project after. And it was so beautiful because I went back and they had painted 400 rocks and the, they were wisdom from the nursing home. So one of the rocks said, um, smile while you still have teeth. But seriously, that was like something they wanted to say. Like, you guys don't appreciate your teeth. Like, you're not going to have teeth someday. Like, that, that, I mean, that, they weren't trying to be funny. That was like That's wisdom. Yeah. It was like real stuff for them, yeah. right? And so I was like blown away by that. So they asked me to stand up and speak, and I just started bawling because 
in this moment when I was speaking with them, the first time that I talked, they were kind of falling asleep and whatever, but after they did the project and the energy in that nursing home, because they would, they, the people that worked there would tell me that they woke up every day with a purpose and the energy in the place completely changed. And the um, residents were interacting with the staff and the staff with the residents and they were going on Pinterest or they were looking up quotes or thinking what they wanted to write. And then the dementia patients who couldn't write, who never talked, would, they could simply just paint the plain rocks so they were part of the process. And they told me that they started interacting with each other. Those people who had lost that cognitive skill, something in this process and I was like, okay, now I'm going to cry. Never thought of that. Like, see, if I planned it, I could have never even imagined that that was such a beautiful thing that would happen for those people at end of life um, that would bring them some purpose and, uh, you know, amazing. So I forget what your question was, but I just, that was something that I needed. But it doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. Um, because you're not planning it, and so it's always Things new. change, and you're doing work with different people. Yeah, I mean, and so the one thing, though, that I was so grateful for was, um, so I had to give the speech yesterday, 400 kids. I was freaking out. I was late because I went to meditation class. I got home late from meditation class. And like, I haven't written my speech. I had the PowerPoint, and I have some videos I use. But I had never, like, written the speech. And the last time I gave one at Chatham Bars Inn, my husband was there. And unfortunately, but fortunately, Devil's Purse was giving out free beer. And so he had like a million. And on the way home, he kept saying to me, I'm like, so how'd I do? Because he had never seen me speak. And he goes, oh, you did great, but... And he had like all these buts. You really need to prepare. You need, really need to write your speech. I'm like, seriously? So the first time he said it, I took it as constructive criticism. And then the fifth time, I was like, oh, that's the beer talking, but he's getting kind of annoying. So, um, but he was right. I mean, deep down, I knew he was right. And so I'm sitting here at 10 o'clock, two nights ago, and I'm like writing um, index cards. I'm like, I want to get index cards. And I'm, I'm writing, and it was coming to me. And it was all making sense. And so I now have this, the, the story to match the slides, which really gives a good overview. And so yesterday I had like my note cards and I started uh, the whole way up on the car. So like, good thing I didn't die. I had like my hands sweating, air conditioning going like, uh, and I'm, I'm like reading my cards as I'm driving. Like I was giving the speech and then I, um, this is a side note, but I pulled into Panera in, cause I was early in Hingham. And I'm like, okay, I have a little bit of time. So I'm going to get a green tea and I'll practice as I'm sitting here. But I was really like feeling crazed. And the man behind the counter, an older man, looked at me and he said, you know, you, your nails look really pretty. And he goes, I bet you didn't think that a, a man would notice that. And that brought me like back to the present moment because I was freaking out about the speech. And I literally just done my nails right before I left because I'm like, I gotta have good nails. I'll probably be holding a microphone. And oh my gosh, you know, in my head, and his simple words of kindness brought me back to the present moment. And I sat in Panera and I read the cards through. And I'm like, I've got this. And when I stood up in front of the kids, I, I laughed because my first card was literally, thank you for asking me to come and speak with you today. Like, who needs a card to say that? You know, and I thought, this is so weird. that. So I took my cards and I put them down and it, and it came. And then I had to do the speech second. I had to do it twice that day. 
And so the second time, it was the same speech, but it, it changed. It didn't get old because of, of you know, the interaction, so. That's really neat, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Sweaty armpits and all. With this story, I mean, you're, you're going there for like this whole purpose, and then on the way there, literally the premise of the entire project is, is, is brought to you. Yeah. And it kind of makes, it shapes what you were yeah. thinking about the speech. Yeah. And, and it got me out of my head. So that's the difference is like when you're in your head versus your heart. Mm -hmm. Because I've noticed in my own life, many times I've been stuck in my head, right? And the head is where you not want to be because that's where all those like negative voices are and those thoughts that we have about ourselves that come from our upbringing or whatever. Someone once said something really mean to us, like that we had a big nose. And so we go through our entire lives thinking we have a big nose, right? And then, but someone may say something really kind to you and you remember that, you know, that positive thing. And so if people say more kind things to you, then you'll have more kind things in your head. Again, you know, it's those little moments that shape who we are. Megan continues to walk the beach and paint rocks. She also goes and travels for lectures and talks around the country. She's a wonderful person, and if you ever have the chance and catch her walking, I definitely would say hello. Blindside is a sandwich community TV podcast. Subscribe to us on your favorite platform or visit us directly at www.sandwichcommunitytv.org so you can stay up to date with all the newest content. Thanks for listening.